0: And it's plugged in this time. <laughs> yeah, it's plugged in. You ready? hmm Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Darren. And today we're going to be discussing a game that is probably not a typical game that you would expect on this podcast. We are going to be discussing Dead by Daylight. This is a game that, if you're not familiar with it, it is essentially an asymmetrical co-op game, meaning that there is one killer and four survivors trying to escape. I kind of like to describe it as hide-and-seek for adults. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Because it's a little violent for kids, but it is hide-and-seek with some of the most amazing places ever for hide-and-seek. This is the kind of place you might play laser tag in or something along that line so that there are lots of places to hide and to well, even better, because I think the only time I played Laser Tag they kept telling us not to run, which seemed kind of counterintuitive. But in this game you can run. So if you get caught by the killer you can run away, you can hide. And like there are cabinets everywhere to hide in, there are bushes and rocks and other things to hide in. It takes hide and seek to a new level because there are different perks that can kind of give you advantages or disadvantages depending on how things are working out. So why are we talking about this game? It's not really a puzzle. But in my notes I put, not a puzzle, dot, dot, dot. Or is it? (laughs) Right, question mark? That's my kind of style. I kind of think that it is in a way. I think also it's important as well for people like me
1: who are completely oblivious to this kind of genre of game. (laughs) When I played it with you, If I had a demo of this game and I played it once, I probably wouldn't buy it because I I would have given up very, very quickly. Because it it does take information to fill in to know what you're doing. Because it seems a very simple concept, hide and seek for adults, but it's actually quite a lot more complicated than that.
0: And that's kind of why I want to talk about it. They're talking about actually putting a tutorial into the game, which I could understand it would make it more accessible to people who haven't played it before. However, I don't like the idea of a tutorial because the thing is, the first time I actually played this game, I was visiting my brother and we played this game and he was fairly new to it as well. So we were figuring it out together. The basic premise of this game is you're trapped in an area and you need to escape from a killer. So this feels much like the old horror movies of the 80s and the early 90s. In fact, they have some DLC with characters from those movies in that era. When you are a character in that movie, you don't know what's going on, and you're desperate to escape, but you don't know how, and you're trying to figure it out. This game, when you are first playing it, is very much like that. Rarely have I been playing a game that felt so much like I was actually in the game, and that I was learning as I was doing, that I wasn't being told what to do. Because in this game, at most You're given a highlight of what button to push when you're near something, and if you have no idea what you're doing, then you're really figuring it out as you go. And it is a kind of puzzle that you have to work out. I honestly suggest play this way. This way is so fun. It can be frustrating at first because you don't know what's going on, there are a lot of things that seem to not quite work, but you will never feel as immersed in a game as you do in this one with your headphones on. and. Not quite sure what you're doing. The light's (laughs) up. So my recommendation, before we really get into me explaining some of the game, is honestly, play it. Don't watch playthroughs. Don't watch it on Twitch. If you're all interested in playing this kind of game, where you get to be a killer, killing four other players, or you are a player trying to survive, and work together with three other players to do that, I just wholeheartedly recommend it. This game I have already put a ridiculous, I think, 80 hours into, and I'm still enjoying it. And we've talked before on the podcast about the fact that I am the type of person that wants to get a game finished, move on.
1: But there's no end to this, though, is there? Yeah.
0: There isn't, and that's the other thing, is this game, they're still adding new content. Over the next year, they're going to be adding, it sounds like, Starting in June, like every season for a year, they're going to add a new killer, survivor, and map. So there's still a lot of stuff to be going in. I would also say my recommendation is buy the game on sale. It's been as low as $10 before, and I think it's well worth $10. They put the effort into it. This game works, it looks good, and they're continually making it better. And there's still quite a large player base for it. Yes. It depends on the time of day, but I don't typically have to wait very long. As a killer, you do have to wait a bit longer, but as a survivor, I'm rarely waiting. If I'm playing the evening, I find evening is definitely the more popular time. They have a new ranking system, which I'm still not a fan of, but it is an improvement on the old ranking system. For I don't think the ranking system is that important yet. However, they are talking about putting their DLC in as a way that's free to earn. Now, this doesn't count for characters they don't own the copyright to. So like Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street, you can't earn him for free because there are still legal issues they need to go through and they may never be able to give that for free. But anything new that they create will be allowed to get it. So there are at least two new killers, two new survivors, and two new maps that you can kind of earn for free starting in June with something that the article I read referred to as a global progression system, but I'm not exactly sure what that means or how that's going to work. But at the same time, the fact that they're kind of offering that possibility to get this content for free, I'm for it. I think that sounds great. I think that they're really trying to work on building this community.
1: Well, it attracts players if you can get free stuff and new yeah. new content.
0: Yeah. The other reason I recommend this game is because it is... It's fun. It's that factor that we can't really define, like, how do you rate fun? But for me, it is incredibly fun, but it will continually be fun, because so long as there are other players playing, the mechanics are always the same, but other players' styles may be very, very different. So you might get some killers that are checking cabinets all the time, or you might get killers that are very good at chasing. And then you might get others that are terrible at chasing and you just never know what you're going to get. You might get other survivors that are very cooperative and you might get some that are not
1: cooperative. Just (laughs) hiding in cabinets.
0: That can happen. And so every game is going to be unique. This is not a game where it has NPCs or AI that you can predict.
1: And you can't even communicate
0: with each other in the game. Not if you are playing in a general public room. You can only do that, I guess, if you have your friends and you're playing against your friends and you know. There are lots of different killers. I mean, there are just as many survivors, but I find the survivors are not quite as unique as the killers. The killers each have a different real method to how they kill and how they hunt. Now, you wanted to talk about which killers are copyrighted. So let me just talk about which killers there are. Their characters are the Trapper, the Wraith, the hillbilly, the nurse, the huntress, the doctor, and the hag. Their copyrighted ones are Amanda, uh, which they refer to as the pig from Saw, Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street, Leatherface, uh, and what they refer to as the shape, but that's Michael Myers from Halloween. The killers, as I said, have each their own technique. That's something that I definitely want to get into, but as we lead into that, I am going to say that this is kind of a... Semi spoiler section now. I mean, it's not really, there's not a lot Nothing of story. To spoil, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have liked what I've said so far and you are tempted to play this game, I would say get the game, get the game, play it, try it out before you listen because figuring it out is a big part of the fun. When I was there with my brother and we were going through some different methods, let's try this. Let's try that. Does this work? We don't know. And we were having a lot of fun experimenting and exploring with the world and how does it work and how do these mechanics work and why is that character doing that? You know, is there an advantage to that? There's just so much in this game that can be fun just from exploring and trying in a way that in any other game, I think I would find it so frustrating. Just tell me what I need to do. Just show me what I'm supposed to be doing. Stop hiding all the mechanics from me. In this game, where you're essentially playing a game like Hide and Seek, a game that most people played as children, you know that part of it. You can do that part of it. Everything else, learn as you go. So that's my recommendation. If you haven't played it, if you're tempted, you've got 10 bucks. wait for it to go on sale, get it. The other reason why I say to get it on sale is when it goes on sale, I bought it on sale, and it seemed like there were a lot more new players when it was on sale. So you have a much better chance to play against people who are not as veteran players as I've now sort of become. You play against other people who don't quite know what's going on yet. This is one game where I am a bit sad that I wasn't there at the very very beginning because that must have been an amazing time where everybody was trying to figure out what they were doing and what was going on. But that's my recommendation. Get it on sale because that's kind of I think it's kind of like our tagline for our podcast. (laughs) Get it on sale, but you can get it for about 10 bucks. If you at all think that you're going to play this 10 bucks, a good game will maybe be like a good match will be maybe 20 minutes. Others might be shorter, but if you're going to play as I did and try to explore it and go through it, it's going to get you through that like 10 hour, like hour per dollar benchmark pretty easily, I think. Because you also want to progress your character to level them up and see what the new perks can do and what the tools do. So that's my recommendation. I, I say play it. You're not as big a fan of this game. No. But why are you not as big a fan of this game?
1: I get frustrated by this game. When I, when I played it at yours, uh, I was, yeah, like I said, if I bought this game or if I got it in the bundle like that, if I got that and I was like, oh yeah, I'll check it out. I would never have played it again. I would have installed it, played it for an hour, and then uninstalled it because it's so frustrating.
0: <laughs> uh, frustrating and also, come on, you can't play horror games Well, anymore.
1: yeah, that as well. I mean, okay, so to go back, yeah. Me playing as a survivor, I wet my pants on several occasions. Even watching you play as a survivor, I was jumping when when you were playing it. I was jumping just watching it. But playing as a killer, I had no problem with. That was completely fine.
0: (laughs) That's why I almost think that you would enjoy the game, but only as a killer. And I think that that's fine. There are killer mains, there are survivor mains. I like a bit of both. I think I lean more towards the survivor side, just because the waiting time is less. I I also find that I actually have more anxiety when it comes to playing the killer. So I enjoy playing as a survivor more, because one, the waiting time in the lobby is usually a bit less. I like the cooperative element of it. I think for me, what I would say is that you got very scared, and I very quickly got to the point where I just saw it as hide-and-seek, and and I laughed when I got caught. And as a survivor, if I mess up, if I get caught, it's not long until I can get back into the next game. Killer might be another 5-10 minutes, depending on how active the people are on the servers. I enjoy it, though. So I just think it's really funny most of the time. I laugh at it. But you get very scared at it. You don't like...
1: I hate it because I can't see what's behind me, or (laughs) I hear the heartbeat going, or even when I see them in the distance and they're coming towards me, it freaks me out. It's just it's terrifying, man. (laughs) I'm such a baby.
0: Which I think (laughs) the game is designed for you, but enjoyed for people like me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm also the type of person that will go to a haunted house and appreciate it for what they do, but not often really be scared. Right, yeah. I just enjoy that atmosphere. I enjoy what's going on. I enjoy the process of it, I think. And that's a lot of this game. And the process of us working together, or not working together, as some groups might be, I think that there's just something really special to this game. And I I wholeheartedly recommend it, unless you are so easily scared that you can't. (laughs) But at the same time, if you like being scared, then, yeah, then that can exactly. work for you. Yeah. This works on a level that something like Five Nights at Freddy's doesn't, where it's just out to jump scare you.
1: Yeah. Oh then, yeah, there's there's no jump scares in this game. That that's one thing that I do <laughs> like about this game is it's not that kind of horror.
0: In the the only way they would jump scare you is if you didn't see them coming, but you had every chance to possibly see them coming. Yeah. They don't come out of nowhere.
1: I mean I guess Amanda does.
0: Amanda, yeah, but at the same time, you could see her creeping around, so. Right. But that kind of leads us into, sorry, we probably bled a bit into the semi-spoiler territory. From now on, we're just flat out talking about it. So if you've hung on this long and you're still on the fence, I say play it and then come back and listen to the rest. I'll explain a few things that will help newer players and kind of explain my love and sometimes frustration with the game. So here we are. Semi-spoiler. We watched this game, I think, together for the first time because we were at a friend's house and he was watching it on a Twitch stream. Yeah. So even my very first time playing, I had an idea of what I was supposed to be doing. And that is simply, as a survivor, you have four generators that you need to power up and escape, which you need to pull a lever to open the door and then run away. Or if you're the last person, there is a hatch somewhere on the level that will open up and you can jump in and escape, which you saw the other night and you thought was very funny because it reminded you of the Ninja Turtles jumping down the, into the sewer. Yeah. <laughs> the killers basically have to attack someone. They have to attack them twice until they're uh, into a, they go injured state and then dying state. Dying is on the ground and the survivor can't heal themselves at that point. So they need somebody else to come and help them. And it's their ultimate goal to get a survivor on the hook, and then the hook has a couple different stages. So there's a first stage where they can kind of try to attempt to get off, and then there is one where the entity is called, and they basically have to just struggle and hope that somebody will save them, and then they're sacrificed, and the entity comes and takes them away. The survivors have some tools that can help them. They have a toolbox, which helps speed up repairs and helps them to sabotage hooks. There is a med kit, which they can use to heal themselves, or uh, they can speed up healing others. A flashlight, which they can use to stun the killer, if they're better than I am, because I've (laughs) I've never gotten the flashlight to work very well, but I've had it used against me, so I know it can be effective. I just can't seem to make it work right. A map which helps the survivor know where things like generators are. A key which just seems to be kind of a magic element. I'm not really sure what it's supposed to do. It seems to not do anything alone, but when you start adding things on, then it can do some amazing things, some interesting things, like show you where the killer is if you're looking at the killer. So you can charge it up and you kind of see their aura and see where they are. Okay. So that can give you a kind of... Tip off to where they might be, and the everything has kind of an add-on, so the tool chest can have stuff that makes it work even faster. The med kit can have stuff that makes it heal or maybe can last longer and because everything is temporary in this game everything it is kind of the message of this whole game is everything is temporary. <laughs> your tools and your life and everything yeah. <laughs> in this game is kind of temporary. You also have offerings that you can use to earn extra points or they can help with other things like make the fog a bit thicker so it's easier to sneak around, harder to be seen, things like that. And there are perks. This works for both killer and survivor and the fact that you can learn these skills and they help you out in many ways. The killers also do have tools. I guess I should have mentioned that, but their tools are typically based directly on who they are as a character. So you basically can only get add ons to help make those tools better. So with the trapper, for example, you can get things that make the bear traps either harder to see, harder to escape from, or do damage quicker to set as well. I think (laughs) it was one of them. You can earn points by doing things. These are blood points. These are actions. So any positive action you do towards your objective gets you these points and you use these points to earn stuff on the blood web, which is essentially a combination skill tree to earn perks and a tool chest a way to buy some things, but they're randomly generated, so you might get a toolbox one level, but you don't get it on the next time. The other currency in this game is iridescent shards, which you earn for how much time you play in the game, and you basically at this point can only use those for buying teachable perks. These are perks that you can purchase, and then they're available for, if they're available for a survivor, then they might randomly show up in any survivor's blood web. Uh, same thing with Killer. So one of the things I like about that, the fact that you can buy these perks, is you can actually buy perks for DLC characters that you don't own. So even though I don't own the Nightmare on Elm Street one, I could still get a Freddy perk if I wanted it. But These perks, the iridescent shards, take a long time to get. So you have to play a lot of time to get the five hundred and fifty or seven hundred and fifty that a lot of these. You were
1: saying that the the DLC perks are pretty overpriced as well. They were quite they seem quite expensive
0: in comparison to the other ones. I I don't know, I haven't really researched that, but I do think that they might be the seven fifty versus five fifty. But it's still available, right? Hmm. That's essentially still giving me something. And it's free. free, You just basically have to work for it a little bit Mm -hmm. harder. Yeah. The max level for any character is 50. Beyond that, you can continually go through the blood web to get more tools that you need or the perks that you haven't gotten yet. Or you can take it to a prestige level, which I'm going to talk about in a bit. Let's talk quickly about the killers because one of the things I like about the Killers is how unique they all feel. So they all have their own backstory, which the DLC that comes from properties we know that's pretty straightforward. But they've given some real thought, I feel like, to who these characters are. But I also like a lot of their powers. So the Trapper, who's kind of my main at this point, just has bear traps and a big knife. And that's all he's got. But the traps are a nice, easy thing to get into when you first play. So this was one of the first ones I started to play with my brother, and (laughs) whoever was playing against me as the survivors must have loved me at that one because I was so inept at first as a killer. And I think a lot of people will be, that's okay. Give yourself time. This is a game where you actually improve, it's a skill to learn how to do it and to learn tricks. So learning where to put traps. But this is one of those things where when I was playing the first time, the kind of puzzle fill in the gap style play, my brother and I were just coming up with ideas. What could we do? Where can we put a trap? So we were trying to put it in all different places. (laughs) Could we just put a whole bunch of traps right at the exit? So even though I was really terrible at catching anyone, at least maybe I might get them at the end. And it didn't work because. We didn't know survivors could set off the traps without actually being trapped in them. But that alerted me to where they were. So that was a kind of nice learning thing. Oh, so there, even if they don't get caught, there is still a kind of small bonus for me is that they might tip off to where they are. And going, how many traps are there in a map? And how many can we set up at once? Is there a limit? And so... Exploring that was a really fun experience and an interesting way to learn and to play.
1: Those guys playing against you must have been like,
0: what did, oh, they were racking what's going points. on with yes. this
1: guy? He's just off in his own world.
0: Which is also where I first found, I haven't seen this as much on PC. Uh, my brothers, we were playing on PlayStation. All the survivors seemed to just be hovering around the exit and kind of taunting me. <laughs> which we thought was really funny. We didn't know the purpose. I mean, you do get a little bit of points for kind of boldness for having the killer come up, but to this day, I still don't know why that's such a thing. I guess that's just the way that the community has grown, (laughs) but it's just kind of odd. Another character you have is the Wraith. That is a character which can kind of go invisible, Predator style, and is very fast in that mode, but then rings a bell, which alerts them as to where you are and it takes a bit of time to reappear and so that gives them enough time often when you play an in-up killer like me to run away. <laughs> and that's the thing, when I was an early killer I think the people playing against me must have had at least an enjoyable time because they must have been racking up points left and right because I was not catching anyone. I find that the rape is really tough for me to, as a survivor to play against, but I'm not very good with the Wraith as a killer. So again, people probably like it when I'm I'm the killer because they're getting lots of points. At the same time though, I would say that part of that is where my anxiety is as the killer, is that I worry a bit that if I'm not good, then I'm kind of boring the four other people that are playing against me. The bonus is they get all kinds of time to make points doing other things, but I want the game to be fun. And I'm not sure if it's as much fun if I'm not doing a good job. And so I think that's part of where my anxiety is. Whereas when I'm a survivor, I don't really feel as much because I'm not alone.
1: Right, right.
0: If I mess up or if I get caught quickly, well, there are three other people.
1: And it's on you. Yeah, it's like (laughs) you're the one that gets punished for it in the end anyway
0: because you're dead now. Yeah. No, I would say that's one thing that I would like people to consider when they're playing is the fact that there are other players. And the the other characters are not just random AI, they are people. So, I definitely take that in consideration when I'm thinking about somebody's on the hook, should I go save them? Well, if I don't, that might ruin their game. If they got caught really quickly, I know how it feels to get caught right away and have my game last like a minute. Like, that feels kind of rotten. So, I don't know. I, I think also there is a bit of toxicity in the... I. I don't notice it much, but any any sort of online game... I mean, welcome to online play, yeah. I think, honestly, I think there's a lot less in this one than I've seen in other games. But when it shows up, it kind of ruins the mood.
1: Especially seeing as it's not... like At least in Hearthstone, if someone wants to tell you how much of a horrible human being they are, they have to friend you first. So as soon as you win that match and you get the friend request, you're like, oh, this is going to be interesting. But on Dead by Daylight,
0: it's open chat. It is until the killer leaves. So at that point, it's just gone. So usually I think that's part of why there isn't as much because there's not as much time to say anything. Right. And there was a beautiful moment actually where somebody was basically swearing at another player and insulting them for being a new player. And Mm -hmm. it was because they didn't, they rescued the other player, but the player didn't rescue them. So they died on the hook and they're very angry about it. And all I said was, whoa, calm down there. This is just a game. And I was the killer in that game. So I was camping, meaning like I was hovering around the body. They knew that. So it made sense for them to not come save you in that situation. And remember, it's a game. It's meant to be fun. And then immediately that player went, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which I, I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> you know, like somebody go, oh, yeah, yeah. But a game where Adrenaline plays part of it there's a lot of emotions if they're if they were feeling like you then they might be taking this more seriously but i, I don't think i've ever had that kind of interaction before they immediately "Whoa, oh, you're right i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> and that was a beautiful moment i would like more of that
1: although i can understand maybe his frustration because it seems to be so easy to rescue someone, especially when I'm the killer, because I've had people come right up to me and rescue them from under my nose. I could be camping underneath the body and they'll still manage to rescue them. Yeah, a lot of my frustration for this game comes... like, Okay, so the the one character that I can play is the killer because it's not scary, but it's just so frustrating, especially when you're just running around and around and around and being stopped by those pallets or stunned by them and then you've got to take time to recover from that kick down the pallets or when you do get a hit on them and you've got to wipe the blade off everything seems so slow or you you go to attack them and then you miss by a millimeter and then that animation for you to recover your blade or whatever just it gives me unnecessary stress this game like i really i mean and and to, to to kind of rewind what you said before is okay here's here's another way to look at it i enjoy watching you play that game this is i'm not a big twitch fan but This is a game that I could watch other people play, but I don't think I'll ever buy this game. I don't think I'll ever play it myself. But I would have no problem coming to yours and watching you play it for an hour. Not a problem. Because I would like to see good killers, and I've definitely seen them when I'm the survivor. <laughs> but I'd like to see all the all the different characters. I'd like to see the DLC that I can't afford or I don't, I don't want to buy or whatever. I'd like to just ch- check out that stuff. So watching this stuff on Twitch or on YouTube Appeals to me, but the frustration of being slower for a time, I know you can get faster as you level up your character and as you go on the hunt and you're chasing them down, you get quicker and quicker, but running around in circles and having them taunt you and flash lights in your eyes and you swinging and missing and is incredibly frustrating.
0: Okay, uh, let me go back. I, I kind of let myself get distracted a bit. Uh, we should finish just talking about the killers quickly so oh yeah we got (laughs) sidetracked big sorry (laughs) no that's that's on me i'm sure that's on me we have the hillbilly who's got a chainsaw which i find really frustrating i can't seem to quite time it right but the amazing thing is if you pull it off you skip the like middle injured stage and they go right to the ground you have the nurse who can see people healing which is fantastic for hunting and can also teleport in this is the one that <laughs> I got to the end as a survivor. And then <laughs> I, I
1: nearly choked on my drink. Yeah.
0: Yes. The nurse can teleport through things. So teleported right into the exit.
1: Because she was gone for the entire game. We didn't see her once. We didn't even know who the killer was.
0: <laughs> and then all of a sudden, as I'm standing right at the exit, ready to walk out, waiting for the killer to show up, The killer appears out of nowhere because of the teleportation skill. And yeah, you you had a bit of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was brilliant. That was genius. But that's the thing that made me laugh. That game makes me laugh. Oh yeah, I haven't seen you. Here you appear right at the exit, and wow, just out of
1: nowhere, and then just slashes someone yeah. to the ground.
0: Yeah. If you played like um, that the whole game, this would have been really rough for me to do. Yeah. There is the Huntress, my favorite, who I played with. Again, when I was playing with my brother. And we didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and at some point, I believe it was me who said, where is that music coming from? <laughs> I'm like, is it me? Oh, yes. It is me. <laughs> because we hadn't played against the Huntress. So we didn't know that okay. even more telling than her, like the heartbeat that warns you when a killer is near, her humming is what really lets you know she's nearby. And <laughs> like, oh, that's... Kind of weird, <laughs> but very fitting for her character. You've got Amanda from Saw. They refer to as the pig because that's the mask that she wears when she is crouching. You won't hear a heartbeat, so she can sneak up on people easily. She can also put reverse bear traps on them, and this leads you into a Saw-like game where you have to go to special places. The mechanic of the release of these traps is similar to generators. So you have to go to special places go through skill checks, and I'm not sure if it's that you always have to do two, or if there's only a certain one that helps get rid of it. I feel like it must be two, because I always seem to have to go to two places to make this happen. And if you don't get rid of the verse bear trap, as I found out, and you try to escape with it on, you can't. <laughs> oh. What, well, does your head blow up at the exit or something? I believe that's what happened, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's Freddy who will take you into a nightmare world and this makes it easier for him to see you and you don't see him unless you're in that world which is very true to the movies. There's the doctor which is one of their characters who can drive you slowly insane and make it impossible for you to do anything productive. There's Leatherface who I've really not played against very much so I'm not quite as familiar with him. I feel like he's just Perhaps too similar to the hillbilly. I was going to say, if they both got chainsaws, then... Uh, There is the hag who can leave these kind of poltergeist traps that if you set them off, then she can teleport to them and get to you. Mm -hmm. And there is one called the shape, which is basically Michael Myers, who at first seems not very good, but then as time goes on, his powers get better and better, and it's very hard to hide from him for very long. So those are the killers. They all, I, like I said, I haven't really, I don't have the DLC characters, and I've not played against Leatherface very often. Otherwise, though, they all feel very unique and different. And there are certainly ones that I hate playing against more than others, but I think because you never know who you're going to be playing against, that just adds one more random element and one more element to the massive amount of variety that this very, very simple game has.
1: Yeah, because if you knew who you were playing against, you could switch up all your perks to match that and to counter it,
0: yeah. So what's good about the game? It looks good. Like, graphically and aesthetically wise, it's really, really well done. The appearance of everything, like the lobby, the fact that when you're a survivor, you just see the other survivors, but when you're the killer, you're looking at a distance at the survivors. Yeah, like through the trees, at them, kind of thing. So... As a killer, you can see them, but they can't see you. That just is kind of symbolic of how they treat the genre of this game and how much they've thought about even the small elements, I think. There's always unique gameplay because you never know who you're playing against. There's lots of stuff included in the game as far as, like, characters, perks, tools. There's a lot that you can work with. There's that fun factor that we can't really set a number two, but I would put it very high. <laughs> you would probably put it far less because of the anxiety that it gives you. One of the best things I think is, like you said, it's a fun game to watch. So if I die, I can still spectate the rest of the game. I can still see what happens. What's the result? And when I'm spectating, I can choose which survivor I'm watching. So if one is just repairing a generator, I can flip over to another one who's very close to the killer and see what they do. This is good for entertainment value. It's good because it gives me kind of a resolution. How did the game end? But it's also really good as a teaching tool. Because when you're early on and you don't know what's going on, if you die very quickly, which I often did, if you spectate, this gives you a chance to watch other players who know what they're doing. You can learn from them. And you can also see a bit more of what's going on when you're not immersed in it yourself. You can pay a bit more attention to what's actually happening rather than just focusing on you needing to get away. The music is good in this game. I especially like the fact that if you're in the lobby for the survivor, it's kind of a lighter version. And when you get into the killer lobby, it's the same music, but this more heavy bass rock level that just tells you you're in a, you're in a different place. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Uh, as far as bad, especially early on, it may take a little while for you to learn. It's not a game that you jump in or instantly good at. You have to kind of practice at it. You have to work at it. And there are a number of times where the killer might spawn very close to where you are and catch you very quickly and you die very quickly. But as a survivor, you can jump into a new game fairly quickly. So it is a kind of hindrance. I think it only really bothers me when I have that happen like three times in a row. The ranking system, again, I don't think this ranking system, even the new one, is really the best. It's improved, but it's still not quite there. We've talked about Hearthstone before, because we've played for quite a while. With Hearthstone, it was a very simple, if I win, I get a star, I go up. If you lose, you lose a star, right? And you need certain stars to get to certain levels. However, in this game, part of the problem is the fact that You're ranked based on what you do in the game. And sometimes you can do very good, but because you did everything very quickly, you don't get as high of a ranking. There's also a problem of the fact that there are four of us versus one other person. So one person could go up a lot and four other people could go down. And I mean, I'm sure that good players out there, if they're listening to this, are going to just say that I'm complaining because I'm not as good, which fine. I'm not as good. I know I'm not the best player out there. I've not made it past rank 18 or 17, I think. But I just find that it's so easy to drop in rank and seems like you have to do so much to rank up. But at the same time, with Hearthstone, that made a huge difference because it impacted what you could get in the future. With this game, it doesn't really. I just worry about Earning the new DLC when that comes out. That would be the thing that concerns me. But otherwise, I don't really care when I'm ranked. I mean, if anything, it's
1: alright to be ranked low, because then you're playing against other low-ranked players.
0: In fact, the fact that you can, after you reach level 50, you can go to prestige level 1 and get a new costume, like a bloody costume, and you can essentially start over again with that character but that means you lose everything that you had for that character. You also get a better chance of getting better stuff on the blood web the second time through, but it still means going all the way through again. At this point, I don't think it's worth it for me. I'm quite happy to be at level 50, have a bunch of stuff, and move on with other characters. So I don't think the prestige level, I think that's great for some players, but it doesn't work for me. I think what I'd like to end on is to talk about how much I've played this game and why And honestly, the fact of how surprised I am, I even debated the $10 mark that I got it at because I thought, oh, am I really going to play it that much? How long am I going to have to wait? I'm not a very patient person when it comes to waiting to play a game. As a survivor, you don't typically have to wait very long. Killer, if you're not playing at a popular time, I've had a podcast playing in the background or music playing in the background and waiting 10 minutes sometimes to get into a game. It does happen. However, I do find certain nights, like Friday, Saturday night, especially, I'm not waiting.
1: So that'll explain some of the the Lobby Simulator uh,
0: (laughs) reviews on Steam then. If you're early on in the game, uh, like I think early days perhaps, where not everybody had bought it, where it was more expensive, that might have been. Or if they're trying to play during a time where other people can't play. So for example, I think if they are university students playing in the afternoon, when most other people are at work, then, yeah, they might not get as many games going that way. But I've personally not had to wait that long. It might also depend on what part of the world you're in. True. I do think that it looks geographically close to where you are and who's playing, but I haven't had to wait that long. I've not been that frustrated. But I do think it's why I tend to play Survivor more, because I, I'm i not patient enough. And so even when It's not a popular time. A survivor will usually get in much faster than a killer. But the thing is, why am I surprised? Uh, There's not really a story to this game. You know, like we get a bit of the beginning and I can kind of interpret my own story or fill in the gaps if I want, but there really isn't that much of a story. And we've said before that for us, story is typically very, very important, but it's not that. It's not that kind of game. I think for me is that it's constantly new. Every game is a little bit different. So having those same mechanics, but being able to play something where people play differently. Or I can play as different killers. So if I get tired of playing this, the Trapper, my Huntress is level one. I can go in and start ranking her up and have a fun, different style. Where I'm trying to learn how to throw the hatchets and actually hit people instead of random objects like boulders and trees. But I think the biggest thing for me about this game is this feels... A kind of void that I've had for a while in that it's a type of game where it is mentally distracting enough so that I feel immersed and not thinking about what am I going to get for dinner or what do I need to do tomorrow. It kind of distracts me from those thoughts enough, but it's not mentally taxing like the puzzle games we often play where I have to be very, very focused on it and have to be thinking beyond. Puzzle games often make me frustrated. This game, I don't feel that frustration. I don't need the mental power to be, like, I don't have to be in my best place to play this game. I can play this game anytime. And it fills a void that I haven't had filled for a while. And also the fact that this game is the type of game where you can go in and in less than 20 minutes, often 10 minutes, you've played a full match and you feel like you played a whole game. They've got the length of this game right. And I think a lot of that comes from their playtesting. And I think, honestly, they must have gone out in the physical world and played this physically in some sort of hide-and-seek format to see, can we make this work? Because what they put together, you you don't just stumble across. This took a lot of work, a lot of planning, and a lot of effort to make this happen. And I'm so glad they did.
1: Because, I mean, they tried it with the fight of the 13th game, didn't they? And that... Kind of failed miserably from what I heard.
0: I haven't played it, but I've been given that impression as well. I don't want to, I don't want to insult that game because I haven't played it. I don't know for sure, but the rumors I've heard is that it's often glitchy, buggy, and that they haven't really fixed it. They just, as of recording this podcast, Dead by Daylight has just recently fixed a whole lot of small problems and some of them were problems that I had noticed, even as a newer player, and that just felt great to see, to see that they are working to improve it. A game that, in my opinion, is already very good, and they're constantly looking to make it last longer by giving us more DLC, more maps, more characters to play with, trying to keep it going, rather than just working on a sequel. Or going, well, we made our money, we did a good enough job. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Yeah, they're not doing that. They, they seem to really care about the community. They're talking about trying to increase anti-cheating. I'm not sure how that will work, but they're talking about trying to reduce the toxicity of the community. Which, like I said, I've seen, but I haven't seen a lot. And that might be in different. Again, geographical areas might be worse than others. I just know that this is a game that I think is very fun and that I'm quite happy to play on a regular basis. The daily rituals that give me more blood points. Are just an extra excuse for me to want to go in and try something a bit new or something I've already done many times just to get points to level up a new character. Yeah, I think these like
1: four-player co-op kind of style games are hitting their stride in this like this kind of time. And I know they've been out for a while, but it seems to be they've perfected them or they're perfecting them as we go as we're going along. I've noticed a lot of them like so. There's this one. Vermintide 1 and 2, Payday 1 and 2. I liked Vermintide when it came out. Payday looks like something I would enjoy as well. Uh, yeah, Dead by Daylight is just, like I said, it's too. It's either too scary for me to play as a survivor <laughs> or too frustrating as a killer. Yeah. But watching someone who's skilled at it, I I can at least take some kind of pleasure in, in that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were taking great pleasure whenever I would, I would get a survivor on the... Yeah, on the, yeah. yeah.
1: No, know, yeah, it's it's definitely like I, I like what you said like, like it's it's kind of scratching an itch that maybe you didn't even know need scratched because we do play a lot of puzzle games and yeah, we do have to switch on. We do have like when we when we were playing the Black Watchman every night for weeks, it was exhausting, man. <laughs> it was Yeah. Uh, and the Tower's Principle. I mean, we put a lot of time into that. And great games, but mentally exhausting because We were not just like picking them up and putting them down every like once a week. We were there every night. And we were also
0: trying to get everything. Like with the Talos principle. We were Yeah. We were not happy to well, I think I wouldn't have been, but because you were there I had to do everything. We were doing everything. (laughs) So yeah, that can really wear me down and I have to be in the right mental state for it. But with this game, any time. Anytime yeah, I just drop in and drop it like
1: the way I, I. mean, I know this is a terrible comparison because they're not even the same game, but I think I get the same kind of pleasure from uh, playing Trackmania because it's so simple and you can <laughs> drop in and out. Trackmania is a racing simulator. Yeah, yeah. I barely a simulator. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy. It's a good community. We, we maybe we could talk about that one day because that's been that's been around for many many years. But yeah, it's like my track mania, but just something what you can drop in and out of. Yeah, and yeah, I agree with what you're saying. It's, it's nice to have a company that's not just working on a sequel or has left it to the dogs and isn't updating it, or is it if it's buggy? Well, sorry, you just got to deal with it. It's kind of cool. On the other hand, maybe they realise that they've put a lot of effort into this and this actually could generate quite a lot of money from them for several years down the line. You know, if they, I mean, like Left by Dead, that went on for. That's still being played, you know. Some of these games survive and are still popular. Insurgency has been out for ten years, I think, and it's still
0: going. So yeah, if you can keep it going, you can, you can, you can profit. So I love this game. I will keep playing this game for a bit, at least. <laughs> and I was happy to talk about it again. It's it's probably not our typical type of game that we would talk about, but there is the kind of puzzle element where you have to figure it out, and again. Sometimes we just need a break from a puzzle game. Not often that happens, though. (laughs) For one of us.
1: Gaps filled or more gaps created? I was going somewhere with that. I think that was all I wanted to say.